calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. So there I am, right? My gut slung around my neck like a shawl, trying to solve an ancient sliding puzzle, with my mates reanimating all around me, with a craving for a slice of my chops. Bullshit. Nah, bro, you're taking the piss. It's true, no, I swear to the legends, look. See? See? I swear I was disembowelled. Legends bear the scars of their victories and their failures. Heh, <laughs> you sound like your mum. Eh, uh, well, I guess we all end up like our parents eventually. Heh, <laughs> gods I hope not. My dad was a drunk and my mum wasn't alive long enough to tuck me in. But I hear she was a real piece of work. I didn't know you were a tribute. My good old pop realised he couldn't afford food and ale, he chose what was most important to him. Oh no. Oh, don't go pitying me now. How many other kids can say they skipped the orphanage and became a ward of the heavens? Or many, I trust. Stoll, you deserved a good family. I said it you. Well, me? Hell, I had one. Where do you think I went when the summer campaigns ended? Oh, I don't know. Guess I figured the old girl had a fat mansion somewhere that she kept all of her most prized possessions. Oh, she does. I'm just not one of them. Are you telling me that you were living in an orphanage when you weren't being forced into battle? What? No, I was with my dad's family. Good people. His sister Ulfilda and my uncle Njol. They kept an orchard at the base of Mount Vistralte. Every time I came home they made Abel Skiva and my cousins tried to play with me. But I was so much stronger than they were. So different. My cousins are human, you know. Most of them have never seen anything more magical than an elven traveler or a goblin coming down from the peaks. So they were... I don't want to say they were scared, but... Yeah. It was a good home. Good dogs. Good food. Just never felt quite right. Well, this place, bleak though it may be, has always felt like home to me. Sucks I think you never felt at home. Sorry, mate. I wouldn't say that. There were a few times. Stew on the fire, road weary and battered. On our way back to a place we called home. I've had that. And that was enough. Panic grips your weakened heart as the turn undead fades and the revenants of the Darkwood 
crawl from the bowels of the tower to feast on you. Remember that thing I said about running? Now! I would like us to enter a skill challenge. We will go ahead and use the same initiative order that you had before, beginning with the Avos. Okay. So, full transparency right now, Iavos' strength is a three. <laughs> Thankfully, he's not carrying much, but even his robes and armor are weighing him down. He is a child physically right now. <laughs> so he's going to have to rely on uh, Magique. I can barely carry the cinnamon rolls in my tummy. <laughs> <laughs> mm. The easy thing is to just Misty step out of the tower, but I'm not leaving my, my little baby deer and my ghost friend behind. So, Iavos is going to start the skill challenge by trying to bolster and revivify the memories and emotions of Gaspar. So he is more available to be aware of the danger and help himself escape from this. So I'm going to use a religion check while gripping the golden hand and I'm going to channel a slightly modified calm emotions Ooh. into Gaspar, casting away the hunger, the vengeance, and trying to uncover the friendship, the camaraderie, and the trust from the Whoa. Big move. Yeah. I love it. I f- fucking love that. That is a 25. That more than does it. Almost as the dust of your greed and hate are brushed away revealing the fossil of your damaged and tattered sense of friendship and care. You find yourself rejuvenated. And for a moment, the memories begin to settle. Some of them knit together, poorly, perhaps, the timing of them uncertain. But a part of you comes back. My avos is Adora, emotional paleontologist. (laughs) (laughs) That brings us to Penelope. I would like to roll performance. And hear me out. (laughs) Disco boogie. (laughs) Disco boogie. I have a new class ability called Tales from Beyond. It allows me to use my bardic inspiration to tell a story uh, that has basically a spell effect. And the one I rolled for today, I didn't think I was going to get to use it. I just have to read this description because what story you get for the day is random. The target can immediately use its reaction to teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space it can see. When the target teleports, it can choose a number of creatures it can see within 30 feet of it up to your charisma modifier to immediately use the same reaction. Ooh! So I can teleport the whole group. That's beautiful. Nice. Penelope reaches out and takes each of you by hand, giving you a small squeeze, a little unsure about this new person. She begins to tell a story. The princess left her kingdom to explore the world's joys. She met new friends and family full of love and full of noise. She leaped with mirth and bounded far. She practically could glide and took her friends along with her forever at her side. And holding their hands, we all leap through the window. (laughs) Awesome. The distance that you've been granted is a blessing beyond words. Go ahead and roll. Your performance check. No. What? No, that is not a nat two, which makes it a 14, which I'm betting it's a 16. This is, I'm not going to tell you what it is. You don't have to, but (laughs) 
I'll tell you, 14 doesn't do it, though. Uh, I would have made it at least a 16. I'm glad you didn't get the one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I feel like we just jump out the window and fail to teleport. <laughs> As you muster your energy and you sing the song of creation, you find yourself struggling. You have never felt fear in your entire life. The idea of the dead coming for you is something beyond your imagination. These are things written in stories, things that are always succeeded by heroes, but you are no hero. You're just a scared child. And as you muster your energy to leap through the wall, you instead collide with it. (laughs) And that brings us to Gaspar. Your body is withered and weak. Its 20-foot move speed is not too remarkable. You have two choices. You can abandon the body and become your spirit self, or you can remain inside. With his emotions calmed, his strategic mind beginning to work again, Gaspar realizes that in this body, the damage that can be done, this necrotic, strength-draining, withering touch that they have, is something they can't do to each other. I would like to use acrobatics to get in between Iavos, Penelope, and whatever shadow comes through to be a floating shield. Hmm. I like it. Go ahead and give me that acrobatics check. Ooh, I have less dexterity now. That is 17. That will do it. The revenant you inhabit found no extra vigor or strength from its victims. But you still manage to conjure what little energy you can to drive yourself between the approaching revenants and your friends? Family? At the top of the initiative, you all hear a cry, deep and bellowing, animalistic and yet somehow divine, emanating from below you, shaking the earth, rattling the stones. It's unlike anything you've ever heard, and yet there is something deeply familiar about it. Mm. So the tower we're in is very old, but be it a dying tree or some dark magic, it has remained erect all this time. But since the creatures are coming from below, uh, I always is going to try to use an arcana check to use an earth tremor to cause debris, bricks, stairs to crumble and fall and impede their pursuit of the group. I like it. Let's blast this tizzle. Mm-hmm. That is a 17. <laughs> Hot a, damn. Rolled a shit. And yet it's enough. <laughs> it is not a powerful tremor. It is not the kind of thing that could sunder a tower, especially not when you're standing in. And as you begin to shake the foundations of it, you start to doubt whether this was terribly a great idea. But it is enough to drive stones and bricks and all other manner of debris into the heads and bodies of the shadows. And from what you can hear, possibly even close off some of their means of egress from the basement. Look, I'm an emotional paleontologist, not a tactical architect. (laughs) (laughs) That brings us to Penny. So I suspect that they're following us based on our our energy and maybe not based on their, their physical eyes. So I would like to spread some of my divine essence around the room to try to confuse them while we get away. I'd like to roll stealth. Interesting. Interesting use of stealth. 
I'll give it to you. You go ahead and give, give him to roll that stealth. You're going to empty your divinity glands. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> that is a 22. That will more than do it. It's not so much that you are trying to throw them off the scent, but rather create pockets of divine energy that they might be drawn to instead, that they might feed on something greater or at least more accessible than you. And you do succeed. Wisps seem to manifest themselves as though from the swamp gas that surrounds you, hanging in the air, drawing unsuspecting, hungry travelers. Not unlike the will-o'-wisps of old. And that brings us back to Gaspar. Now that I'm calm emotioned, do I have access to my regular stuff, or are we still going with shadow stuff? I would like you to roll a wisdom saving throw if you would like to use one of Gaspar's abilities. Okay. Fourteen. That is adequate. You can use one ability. One ability. Until you are repaired and made whole, you will find it difficult to reach into your past and conjure from it the skills necessary to survive. Okay. Then, story-wise, I would like to use Whales from the Grave to try and raise up um, what is left of the previous bodies that I've had, just as even more little shadowy walls to get in between, buy as much time for Penelope and Iavos to carry me out of here because I am the slowest of the group. What skill are you going to use for that? I would like to lord over them and persuade them (laughs) to be the walls to protect my friends. That's often how I persuade people is by lording over them. Yes. (laughs) Showing them my own superiority. dominate them. (laughs) That is a 13. That is not going to do it. As you reach out with your spirit and try to conjure the energy of these creatures that surround you, you've served only to reawaken their hunger and their flesh. What little remains in the puddles of filth that accumulate all around you begins to shimmer, shimmy, and shake as it tries to crawl back into a physical form to attack you yet again. Shimmer, shimmy, and shake. Yeah. Their still living eyes gaze at you hungrily. I'm so sorry, I have us. I'm so weak. At the top of the initiative, the groan from below is silenced, and in its place, the loud, heavy clop, clop, clop of hooved feet. Mm-mm. Nope, nope, nope. We're getting out of here now. With Gaspar's golden fist in one hand and Penelope's delicate fingers in the other, Iavos is attempting to lead the group out through the path they entered, having no strength in his tugging but he is going to be using his keener eyes and senses to try to help guide the path. The tower is faulty and crumbly, and uh, I'm going to use investigate to try to find paths that don't look like the floor is going to fall out from underneath us, or this stair is in fact good, or this one isn't a pile of debris that will trip us up. Go for it. Not my best skill, but I'm running out of options. It's a nine. A nine. Nine. German. (laughs) German. Jamaica. Germany. Jamaican me crazy. (laughs) Woof. As you attempt to take in the surroundings, more than anything, the vines seem almost deliberately to block your view. Hanging from the ceiling, dripping black viscous fluid, they seem to be connected to whatever dark force lies below. They do not want you to escape. That brings us to Penny. I've never been here before, but this is my kingdom. 
there has to be a way out. I would like to use perception to look for a shortcut. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Oh, I haven't heard that in a while. Natural three. Ooh. Which makes that an 11. This is bad. You, like Yavos, desperately try to find some way out, some clear way out, other than the sudden sharp drop onto hard rocks that lie in through the massive wall with a hole in it. But as you look around, the only holes, gaps, the only ways to slither through or escape all seem to head down into the deep black of the thing below. And that makes it Gaspar's turn. Gaspar, while not being 100% material, is currently the strongest of the party. (laughs) The withering corpse. Yes, the withering corpse. A ghost with a glove on. Yes. (laughs) With all of his might, he is going to use this glove as a battering ram and make an athletics check through the obstacle keeping us from the main entrance. Beautiful. Uh, Go ahead and give me that athletics check. Yo, I got expertise in this, but... Oh, shit. But here we go. 18. Hot damn. You tear through the hanging vines. You toss aside the what obstacles you can. And when you come to the wall that contains the great hole, the only exit that you know for certain exists, you're able to toss enough brick down to make the path less of a steep drop and more of a precarious climb. Back at the top of the initiative, the click of hooves has grown louder. Black swamp water bubbles up from the basement, collecting in pools across the floor. A snort, a heavy breath, something lurks just beyond the wall. Yavos. The path in front of us is clear now, and we're moving a little bit at a time towards that exit. But it is the evil of this tower that inhibits us. It is the twisting vines, the rotten ichor, and the stagnant swamp water slowing our every step. So Iavos is going to attempt to dispel the evil of that nature using dispel magic and a nature check. I love it. That's juicy. Be at peace, cursed forest. And plus, I'm quite good at nature. I was like, there's no way I'm going to find a nature check. Dispel slap. 25. Hot dingus. You reach out, not with your own heart, which is blackened with grief, but instead with the love of your adoptive daughter. The radiant energy that swells up inside of you reaches outward, pushing free the blackness of the dark wood. The vines curl and blossom. The waters on the ground clear and purify. And you can hear a trumpeting and stomping of something beyond the wall as it rears back and attempts to escape. We're almost there. Stay strong. You have functionally succeeded the skill challenge, but you still must actually escape. I want each of you to roll me an acrobatics or athletics check to try and safely escape from the tower. Oh, no. That's not good. Can I guidance Penny? Are we still in skill challenge rules? I will say that you can choose to guidance one person here. That's how guidance works. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. You might think to yourself, oh, we'll do it one at a time. No, no, no. (laughs) Gaspar might be hurting more. 
for strength checks. Oh, he's fine. Well, it's acrobatics. Well, acrobatics. We're, we're good. Then. No, I'm going to. Oh, you have good acrobatics, though. Mm-hmm. Mm, then I'm going to do myself. Hey. Oh, smart. You all have a little bit to do this right now. My only option is either minus five or minus two. Oh, Beautiful. Oh. Lord. I rolled a 15. Hey. hey. That's an 18. Hot damn. I'm being grandpa backflips. 16. Ooh. Uh, your backflip lessons paid off. 19. Nice. I'm the lowest in acrobatics. <laughs> what is this madness? <laughs> How I have fallen. You are all withered and beaten, tired from battle and the threat of the dead. So you do not gently backflip and gracefully land on the ground. Instead, you find ways to carefully, carefully lower your battered and beaten bodies down just enough to only sustain minor injury. Enough scrapes and bruises from the impacts of the sharp and jagged rocks. You evade the nastiest of infections as you crawl across the swamp-filled ground and slowly make your way out of the clearing and hopefully home. What in the fuck? What in the fuck? What in the fuck? Oh, God, what's wrong with him? Corporal, report. Staff, Staff Sergeant Orison. Ser- Sergeant Parat. Uh, um, Private, I, I-, I mean, C- Corporal Hogarth. Ease, soldier. It's good. It's all right, son. What in the fuck happened here, Corporal? Nothing, sirs. Nothing at all. Now isn't the time to be cryptic, son. Save that for if we ever open a fey front. Sorry, sirs. We haven't had relief in... Well, I can't remember the last time. A couple of years, possibly, sir. you got to be yanking my pad. We're not that far out from base camp. Why haven't you had resupply? C- couldn't say, sir. We lost our CO, and then things got weird. Lost him? What do you mean you lost him? He's not as though Celeste are exactly inconspicuous. He died, sir. And then what? That's it. He was the last. And now, uh, this. These men are in tears. Where's your healer? Our resident medic lost his hands in an acid barrage, sir. (laughs) Eyes too. Now he just screams. What the hell are you talking about, soldier? You've got a downed officer and you're telling me you've seen no Volks or Vestals? No one's come to resin relief? No, Staff Sergeant. I'm telling you that even if they did show up, I doubt there's anything they can do. Nothing, nothing works anymore, sir. Healing potions lay on hands. Even Victus, our our wizard, can't wish him back. That was before he lost his head to a razor chain. So these men are patched up, sir. Best we could. To take a little something from a man who can't use it anymore and stitch up anyone who can still hold a spear. <laughs> Fighting's mostly stopped, but every once in a while... <laughs> I don't understand. Why haven't you sent a distress signal? <laughs> uh, Staff Sergeant, sir, we emptied the crate. We're down to nothing. <laughs> nothing but flesh. Screaming bodies, drowning in the muck. We cannot die, sir. 
and the only solace left in sleepless nights is the sound of the enemy's would-be dead screaming into the black and knowing they too are trapped. to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Sticks and stones, sword and axe, lay down before us and we will crush you with our bare hands. We will twist and snap. Break you down and put you back together. Disc alignment. Sciatic comfort. Neck adjustment. Clan Crackmore. Orcish chiropractors. You are not spineless, and we have your back. Hail, you cuties. I'm gonna make you a mid-roll you can't refuse. We just got done doing a DM workshop panel at Fan Expo Portland with me, Dana, Angelo, and Max. Thanks to everyone for coming out and learning about the show while talking about D&D with us. We also recorded the panel, and if it works out, we'll be uploading it as a video for future Patreon bonus content. If you want to follow all of the Slapdash team, be sure to follow us on social media and check out the LUQ.com to find out when we're doing events like this one. And while you're there, say hi. Or if you want to talk to us and our awesome community directly, join the Discord. We'd love to have you. If you think the episodes we put out every fucking Monday are a good source of entertainment, especially if you go back and listen to past chapters, maybe consider throwing us a buck or two every month on Patreon. The top tiers get to make characters for the show's meta or be part of a legendary mid-roll team. The current legendary mid-roll teams are the Titans Rise, the Ceaseless Horde, and the Twilight Concord with Maisie, Mike Gordon, Big Boy Roy, and Caitlin Oliver. To get a personal message read on the show or for possible advertising opportunities, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com. Follow us at twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams for Monday Night Live premieres and more gaming throughout the week. Our temporary mailing address is 2511 Southeast Pine Street, Portland, Oregon, 97214. If you have anything, you're dying to get the cast. This month on the 27th, me and Zach will be running games at Goblin Up at Wayfinder, Max will be hosting, and Dana will be there playing a character. So if you got a ticket in time, we'll see you there. For the rest of you, I'll see you in my dreams. Okay, that was kind of creepy. That's enough out of me. Let's get you back to the battle axis. One out of ten new families who bring a child into the world have their new beautiful baby replaced with a changeling child. 
This new baby looks just like their own and is raised in their place, finding nourishment, shelter, and family before maturing into a deadly master of false facing. This is nature at work. This is the life cycle of the changeling, beautiful in its own way. Sadly, many of these parents learn early into the child's life that they are different. Something is amiss. They learn to speak too early. They like their chicken raw. They frequently forget to have pupils. This can lead to every new parent's worst nightmare. Paperwork. These changeling babies are often abandoned, given over to science, or dropped off at children's shelters in a bag. They're hated just for being born and taking over the life of a stranger's child. This cruelty and mistrust could lead to the end of future changeling populations. But you can help. Adopt a changeling baby today. They form attachments very quickly. They're far smarter than most children, and they can look however you want them to. Always wanted a red-haired baby? Boom. Ginger kid. Need help cleaning your gutters? Poof. Tall baby. But as awesome as they are, it's a serious responsibility, which could mean life or death to these shape-shifting youngsters. To learn more about adopting a rad changeling baby who is thrown out like a pair of shat pants, call our agency today. Adoptalganger. Changeling lives, one child at a time. The slow, arduous crawl from the swamp of the Blackwood is nearly enough to fell all of you. But when you come free of the last tree into the golden valley below the mountain of Pharos, the blessings of heaven shine down upon you in golden light. And yet, one of your number is incapable of making the trip. As you break free of the black canopy of the Darkwood, Gaspar, your body will not permit you to enter the sunlight. Hey, Avos, you must destroy this body. I understand. You are more than these meat and bones at this point. We will take you home and find the mysteries of this. Unravel these curiosities. I'm going to lay my hand onto this revenant and just blast it with point-blank firebolt. As the fire catches the body and burns it to ash, the eyes remain screaming in the agony of their burns, and the only flame that remains is the pink one of Gaspar's spirit, which recedes into the golden gauntlet as he rests for the first time in 15 years. Hmm. I will take the golden arm against my chest, holding it close. Penelope, we must now make our way home and speak of many things. We're going to take this thing to our home, Papa? This is not a thing. This is a friend. She nods, understanding that. She removes Iavos's baby blanket from her outfit, wraps it around him, and creates a sling to help him carry the burden of this arm, taking the opportunity to slip in a small hug while she does it. In this golden valley, you are protected from the curse of the Darkwood. You are free to rest and recover your strength, for you're not confident you would be able to make the trip up the mountain. Perhaps we can lay here in the sunlight for just a moment, regain some strength before the long hike home. That, that sounds like a good plan. 
Uh, we could have a short picnic. I brought... Yavos <laughs> rests next to you. You, as young as you are, have no need of sleep. To simply sit and wait for the withering of your muscles to repair itself is more than enough. Ugh, my pastries are squished. The Darkwood is an awful place. Now that you're free of it, you can feel a lightening of burdens. Suddenly, you are no longer under the constant fear and pain present in that dark place. But, now that it is faded, there is a longing. As if a part of you wishes to feel unpleasant, uncomfortable, even hurt. Penelope lays down next to her sleeping father. Unable to sleep, she continues turning over and over in her mind these new feelings she felt today. Daydreaming of things that could be. It is as you imagine the great warriors and scholars and travelers in your stories that Iavo seems almost to awaken himself as if an alarm clock was already ready. (sighs) Yes. Yes, of course. Struggling to his feet, bracing himself with the golden arm. (sighs) Much better. I forget how healing this Evdemonian sunlight is. It's Eudemonian, Papa. It's Eudemonia. Yes, of course. Old habits die hard. You're always pronouncing things incorrectly. Yes, of course. (laughs) Very logical name. Good. Demon. Old habits die hard. Now, with your strength, or what little of it you're able to recover, returned, you make your way up the mountain, towards your home. Weeks, or perhaps months, pass, as Gaspar slumbers inside of his shell. You have teased from it Some little information, occasionally sparking a wisp. But he needs his sleep. Having months to study the golden arm and how it is bound to Gaspar now, reading equations, studying old manuscripts, and of course the object itself, which he has been analyzing since long before it came into Gaspar's possession. He comes to a conclusion and taking an old adventuring bag out from the chest at the foot of his bed. Rifling through it, he pulls out a strange black coin bag. And fishing inside, pulls out a prismatic disc, a quintessence. The moment the coin slips free of the bag, the arm seems to react. At its shoulder, a coin slot appears and seems to almost pulsate. With great care and caution... Avos carefully lowers the quintessence into the coin slot. You hear mechanical clicking and clunking as something activates. Machinery turns and whirs, cogs connect and disconnect, and gears shift. The hand clenches. The gem on the top glows pink, and tentatively, slowly, a pink wisp manifests. The wisp divides into two forming the shape of eyes once more. Below it, multiple silhouettes of Gaspar begin to form, 
all slightly in different positions. One of these fractions inspects the arm, the other reaching out towards you. But the majority of them inspect where a wound in its chest should be, reaching for a heart that no longer is. Iavos pulls the chair out from the desk and sits down facing the spectral form. Good morning. How do you feel? I feel empty. I was so filled with greed and vengeance. And now that it is subdued, I, Iavos, I'm, I am confused. That is why we will speak, to alleviate confusions for both of us. There is so much I need to understand of what's happening here. Betrayed by her small antlers, Penelope is crouched in a doorway, peeking around the corner and listening. Iavos kind of grins to himself and does not tell her to go away. <laughs> Let's start at the battle. Something happened between you and Pinnacos and your patron. Ah, uh, y- yes. Iavos... I'm I'm so sorry. I I did what I thought I could do to finally be free. And what was that? I the there was an opportunity for me to destroy Penelope. Take not just the power of this version, but every single one. It would have been enough. To pay the debt that I owed. It would have been enough for my pact, for my plurality to finally be. In a way, I owed to what I would become. I almost pulls the lowest drawer of his desk out and pulls out a bundle and unwraps the dagger. This, so your oath, your debt was for plurality. Not knowingly. It was only when I decided that if I were to do this, there would probably be a new task, a new service I would have to perform. And so I decided that I could take in and accept the darkwood that was in Pentecost take it for myself, and then destroy it. Rubbing some of the old dust off the tip of the blade, once blood. Yes, I see. So, when you were entangled with that version of Pentecost, you took in her spirit, as you do. And when she was inside you, when that darkness had been consumed by the vacuum, you took your life. You destroyed your body with the blade. No, not the body. I was trying to sever the soul. Well, whatever you did, it set your spirit free, but bound it to what I can only imagine is the nearest magical conduit of this arm. As he says this, a flash of memory, a voice of something dark. You recall that the arm was attached to her at the time trying desperately to fight her or perhaps reconnect to her. And so, when you severed it, it offered you a deal. 
a debt. As you bled out, the energy of your soul spilling into the ether, you had little choice. Uh, I did it willingly, I think. As I was unraveling, Krom was furious. In his tantrums, he revealed some of the inner workings of our deal, what the true purpose was, that this deal was not between me and Krom, because I am Krom, he is me, and our deal was with the Darkwood. All of this was both unknown to me and fully known by him, and my actions, I think, I meant to destroy him, to destroy us, but all it did was separate us. He still has my body. He still has the remainder of my soul. I want it back. I need it back. If ever I am to become whole, singular. Gaspar, you indeed seem quite fractured. And this is a heavy burden of knowledge. But I made you a promise once to help you deal with your contract with Crom in whatever way I could. And I will not shirk that responsibility now that the tables have turned. You must understand, though, we have been in Eudaimonia for fifteen years now. To the best of my calculations, roughly a year has passed back in Zenith. And if we are to return, things will change. But I will help you, now that we know more about Crom. You. We have weapons of knowledge. But for now, look at you. This new form is a mystery. It could be an aid to us, or a burden. But I am still your friend, and we are still two prongs on the same crown. What would you have of me? I desire vengeance. And for that, I will need flesh and blood. We should go back. Oh yeah? And do what? Look, you were never exactly a whiz at healing touch, but you bought everything you had of that, Corporal, and nothing. Fucking nothing. Maybe we hike back to the Camp of the Undying, tell him what's happening. Camp of the Undying? What a joke. That's a Camp of the Undying. Hohona, what the hell? We've got to tell them what's happening. Pull your head out of your fucking ass, Hal. Do you honestly think they don't know? Do you honestly believe that they sent us out this far and had no idea what was happening? Wise up, son. Mum's watching. What the hell's that supposed to mean? You know exactly what I mean. Where you been, Hal? Huh? I'm glad to see you, bud. But you can't be this naive. The war's going wrong. Has been for a long time. You think for a second the head divine righteousness would call her little disappointment back to the front lines if she didn't absolutely need to. Shut up, Hona. Oh, what? You'll bust me down to corporal? Is that it, Staff Sergeant? Am I stepping out of line when I'm telling you that you were always only a fair-weather soldier? A fill-in when those of us dedicated to the cause were too battered and worn from the line to keep going on? Button it, Sergeant. Why should I be quiet? Why should I stay silent while heaven falls to the enemy and the general's little board runs off to play make-believe and mope about his idyllic little life in the apple orchard? Because it's quiet. 
And what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Oh no. We're here. Ooh, baby. Was that Epin? That was a, that is a juicy fucking finish. Oh. It's juicy because wow. of all I the flesh and blood. The time. Very good. Delicious. I feel so good I, about I'm it. I'm very interested in this, this lore drop from Gaspar. Right? Yes, that's, God, like I connected the dots when he said that uh, during that, that fight. Yeah, a couple uh, of things were hinted at in the fight. Like my, my mind exploded, but it's so wonderful having the characters know it. Yes. Well, because like so much of his, of it is alluded to in what Crom says and you can kind of piece together some stuff, mm-hmm. but hearing the actual like sequence sure. course of actions, it, it feels a lot cleaner. Yeah. Now, now that that's confirmed when that dropped in that fight, like that was, uh, my, my jaw dropped. My mind was blown. I did not recover. Killer. Killer <laughs> fucking moment. I'm going to dive right in with a Favy Momo. Hey. Yeah. Uh, Gaspar describing his spirit as being fractured and having multiple, I love it. S- multiple reflections of his choices and actions is one of the best <sighs> descriptions of like a spiritual manifestation I've seen. And I'm very into it. the flavor of being broken and indecisive. It's good. It makes me think of, I don't know if you've ever read the Alamancer's stories, the, uh, the ones, uh, the, the metal metal magic no. written by the guy who fucking, why, how, why am I Sanderson? His name? Sanderson. Yes. Brandon Sanderson's Alamancer series, uh, because like there's a there's a people there who when they eat it they can kind of like see time play out mm. and it looks like their body's doing all sorts of stuff in like a sequence of events. Mm. And that's what it made me think of. It's just like here's all the things he might have done. This is the one he did. I haven't read it, but I heard about metal magic. Mm, mm, yeah, mm, mm. yeah, it's it's a pretty good series. Recommend. I mean, that's what I heard, it's solid. Sanderson's a decent writer. For me. I fucking loved that skill. Ch- that was, that might've been one of my favorite skill challenges we've ever done. I felt, I felt good about the descriptions. I felt the, I liked the tension of it. And I liked the fact that y'all were literally like four for five on successes and failures. Like yeah. that was a, it, it's one. been a while since we've had a close one and that one was nice and tight and it made sense. It was good. Absolutely. I would go with, uh, the periodic check-ins, the foreshadow of, uh, the thing in the basement. Oh, yeah. It's not, right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, several moments because it was interspersed in between the skill challenge. Yeah. But I feel like you always got to foreshadow. If, you, if you've got a big baddie, it's got, yeah. You, You're not excited for that. Yeah, exactly. I am a strong believer in of the skill challenge mechanic having a sum up or something like changing at the top of each initiative to kind of reset the scene. Mm-hmm. Huge. Yes. And having it be a foreboding future foe. That's tasty. I just, I just love me some foreshadowing, man. Like if you listen to this show, there's so much foreshadowing that I just like constantly am throwing in there. Oh yeah. It's hard though. Cause you don't want to over foreshadow and have people like guess everything. Never five shadow. Yeah. Never five. Shadow. It's one of the reasons why I was so pleased with the last chapter and the fact that it culminated so well. And a lot of it was stuff that nobody could guess, but when you look back at it, you can see the evidence. Yeah. It's, it's all there. It was masterfully done. Thank you. Oh gosh. Like, I, I really just love that that lore got confirmed. I, I love that that drop. That's huge. And Angelo, I did mm. not say it explicitly. I really like your like ghostly hungry voice. Yeah. Mm. Uh, mm. It's very good. That's it for this episode. Thank you, Hediger the Editor, for editing, editing this episode. And I'll say, you're welcome for the nice tight one. This comes out to just about exactly one hour and should clean up to a good solid 50-minute episode. 
I'm really looking forward to the rest of this chapter. I'm really looking forward to the next chapter. You might have forward to dumplings, right? <laughs> uh, fucking dumplings are right there. You might've noticed that uh, I feel, I seem a lot more connected to the story here and I might seem a little bit more on point. And that's largely because I feel released. I feel cleaned up. I feel invigorated for the rest of the season. And honestly, I just could not have asked for a, a better sequence of events. And I am so pleased to just have all of these swords of Damocles no longer hanging over my head. So we're going to go get some fucking dumplings. We're going to eat the shit out of some dim sum. It's going to be very good. And until next time, we wish you luck. Luck.